First of all, not only my condolences, but uh, my welcome again to everyone here. Obviously, many friends and, and uh, so many different parishioners from uh, all kinds of different masses that I see. And, and most of all, the choir, the whole choir is back. Oh, my goodness. Only Abner could make that happen. <laughs> After two years, oh, my goodness. I hope you stick around, okay? I uh, remember as a kid, I think it may have been something on television, but I think it was also a comic in the Sunday newspaper called Little Abner. And I don't remember anything about it. I, I don't, didn't find myself attracted to the story or what it, but, but I always would see Little Abner. And it wasn't Little Abner, it was Lil Abner, L-I-L apostrophe Abner. And so, I don't know, this just popped into my mind last week as I'm, I was uh, looking at the readings or preparing for this, and especially when I got the list of 10 things. Who wrote that list of 10 things for me? Oh, thank you. All of you, huh? Thank you. It was wonderful. And, and I said to myself after reading that, there's nothing little about Lil Abner. Uh, he was a giant. And it's, it's funny because um, I've never known an Abner before. I'd been a priest for 46 years, and a deacon a year before that. I, did, I never was with an Abner in school. I never gave communion to an Abner, at least that I'm aware of a first communion. I never buried a little Abner. I, I've never had anything to do with a little Abner except for Abner. And the remarkable thing in, in that, that list of 10 things, which, which you're not privy to, they were, they were given to me to help me appreciate, but a lot of it was written into the eulogy, um, and one of the things that stood out so much of all the stories and all the ways he was involved with people's lives and all the service was that darn canoe ride. That will stick with me forever. Um, imagine. And what it must have been 50 years before or so, something like that. And it comes back uh, in his 90s at his funeral mass, uh, the famous canoe ride with his two sisters to give, bring them to safety. Um, as I read about him, I didn't know any of these things. The only, the, the main thing that I knew of Abner, of course, seeing him in choir and all, was um, that, that he was the one who always would write the card to me. The choir would collect money and give me a gift for Christmas, for my birthday, whatever, and Abner always signed his name on the card. And so I think he was treasurer and secretary and maybe a few other things. But at any rate, I always got this lovely card and um, he was always so gracious, um, always a smile, always gentle. And I thought to myself, after I read all of these things about him uh, and his involvement and his service and his, uh, even his, his, his challenging rides with the VW, I mean, he went all over the place. And I don't know if this is true, and you can find out, maybe somebody knows, but I'll bet you he wrote that sign that he put up there, no clamming allowed here, or... <laughs> it would strike me that he might do something like that. But what I thought to myself, uh, the two qualities that stuck out the most were that I found him, um, as I knew him in limited ways, but also through the storytelling that you gave through the eulogy and through the uh, 10 qualities that you wrote for me, that he was super attentive while at the same time being unassuming. And that's an interesting two things to put together, to have somebody so attentive to the needs of others, but to be unassuming and not draw attention to self. 
It is for that reason that I chose this gospel, which I choose often, but usually it's for a different reason. I usually uh, choose this gospel about uh, Thomas questioning Jesus when I get people who are questioners or people who, um, who, who speak up a lot or want to know. And, and it fits so beautifully like a, a perfect shoe on the, the perfect foot. But I chose it for a different reason this time. Um, and, and because even though I usually mention this also, this seems to fit Abner very, very well. But first, let me give the kind of intro to it. Jesus, in this gospel passage, uh, as in many others, was kind of foretelling his coming death, preparing the disciples for it. And that's why the beginning says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Have faith in God. You have faith in God, so have faith in me. I have to go away. But he frames it in this way. He says, I'm going to go away to prepare a place for you. Speaking about God having many mansions, mansions for each of us, a, a special place for each one of us. So I'm going to go to prepare your place so that uh, where I'm going, I will come back and you, you may also go uh, with me. You know the way. And then Thomas opens up this question. Now, Jesus was just the ultimate teacher the ultimate spiritual guide. And I love to say that Jesus, I think, liked to set people up for the question. A good teacher, I think, does that. They don't want to tell the student everything. They want the student to discover it. They want the student to dig down inside and find the answer inside. That's what a good teacher does. Um, and when a, when a person does that, they never forget what they've learned. And so Jesus set them up said, where I'm going, you know the way. And he knew they didn't know, I think. And then all of a sudden, Thomas says, Master, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus had him right there in the palm of his hand. He got him to, to state that question. And then Jesus was able to answer, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And I think that Abner discovered that very young Probably part of it, I imagine, was that he was the oldest of all those brothers and sisters. You know, when you're number one and all those others follow, you better learn how to take care of others because mom and dad are going to depend upon that. And probably, too, I don't know the circumstances in the Philippines where he was from, but it was a, a, a little place, I think, where he was from. And, and again, probably stood out, a big family, always taking care of others. But as he continued in life and seemed to do that all the time, I mean, again, to choose a profession like a dentist, and um, I just had a wisdom tooth pulled recently. Lord, I know when you go and you need a dentist, uh, there's nobody that is better than that dentist. Nobody. Um, and so I, it just seems like he found in his life a life of service always. And I think it was Albert Schweitzer that said something like this. If you want to be happy in life, learn how to serve others. And I, I know it's true. I know it's true. I often said, uh, I've been a priest 46 years and I've never even thought of leaving, but I thought if I ever did, you know what I would become is a waiter. And the reason is because the way I see it, my mother was a waitress, that wasn't the reason, but she understood it too. 
when you are a waiter or a waitress and people come to your table and then you are there just to make them happy, what would you like? Oh, uh, here, I brought a little extra for you. And you just see smiles keep emerging on the face of the people as you serve them. They love it. And for a waiter or a waitress, you get immediate satisfaction when you're able to make somebody else happy. You're immediately satisfied. And it just strikes me that that was Abner. That was Abner's way of living. So I think he truly discovered at a young age, and it carried him through his whole life, and it expressed very beautifully in his work with the choir and going to Rome and, and singing for the Pope, that, that he found joy in service, that he came to really see Jesus as the way. And it wasn't in a romantic way or an overly spiritual way, although it was that too, but it was in a way that he saw that following Jesus as the way, learning to love others, being there to serve others, was a joy-filled state of life, a joyful way to live life. And when someone discovers that, it transforms and changes you. You're never the same. Once you discover the joy of service, you serve all your life. It used to be that when I was first ordained back in 76, there was a saying that as a priest uh, or a nun, for that matter, a brother, that uh, they, they never, ever, never retired. They died with their boots on. So I guess even the nuns wore boots. I don't know. But they died with their boots on. You kept serving until your last breath. Nowadays, uh, priests and nuns and brothers also retire and, um, and I think look joyfully toward that moment of life. But I have to say that serving is, is a powerful thing. It's a, it's a thing that gives life. And I, again, really see that that was something that Abner did. But, you know, I don't think, I don't think it brings joy if you do it out of obligation. I think it brings joy when you delight in doing it, when you discover its power. So today we, we celebrate uh, little Abner, little because he was short, but he, he really was very much, I think, a giant in many, many ways. He, he embraced life in a very giant kind of way and gave of his life in love and service to others, to his family, to his church, in his profession, in all the groups that he belonged to and were part of, and I think probably very much to his friends. So it is um, a, a joy to celebrate and honor him because he's a man who discovered the way. And uh, as often happens, when you discover the way, you not only discover it for yourself, but you show other people the way too. And I think that's most appropriate why we have him here in church for his last time in this building. But uh, now, instead of coming to this table, he comes to that eternal table of the Lord. And I think uh, God, Christ, share their glory, their life, and their love with him now forever. Please stand.